The shop is open. This is the Talk About RC podcast, where we talk about RC racing, crawling, bashing, building, and dad stuff. Get back to work and listen, amigo. I'm your host, Pablo Guerrero. Let's go. All right. So I feel like I start every single segment with, all right, so I need to stop that. That's one of my peeves. I occasionally go back and I listen to the flow, see what I can uh, improve on. And that one drives me crazy. Absolutely crazy. But I have a problem and I need to address it. You're going to hear a bunch of stuff going on because I've got a deadline. So I guess let me pose this question first. What is stopping you from finishing all your RC projects? Is it money? Is it time? Is it procrastination? How many projects on on average do you have going? Um, I think I, when I started RC, back up again several years ago I probably jumped in more than most people do Um, so I had trying to think of how many products I would carry at one time but I would have more than one going at a time and I still continue to have more than one going at a time and I don't know what the efficiency is on that I would say it's not very great, but you know, I'm the, the thing is, is that I gotta have more than one thing going at all times. I feel like just to kind of keep me on my toes and to keep the flavor where I want it. Um, but you know, I, I think most people might only have one car going at a time, or one uh, kit going at a time, and. sometimes I think that would be nice to be honest um, because I feel like there's a little bit of stress going on and I put that stress on myself to get these projects done so I'm sure you've heard me talk about some of the projects the XCX6 project Tony's project those were things I probably bit off that I probably I had no idea my summer would be like how it was this summer, to be honest. Uh, And work has picked up a lot more than I thought it was going to this summer. We have a transitional period because my wife is going to start working for the school full-time now, which is awesome because it really helps us financially. Um, But... That means I got to kind of take on all this work by myself now at the shop, which is fine. That's kind of how I started. Um, But it's just a a whole other thing. So I have these projects that are kind of mounting right now, or they're piling up. And I think I'm going to start a challenge for myself. I'm going to say it's the Halloween challenge. So I've got 
several rigs that are just dead rigs, meaning they haven't done anything for us for a while. Um, I've got my daughter's Gen 8, Red Cat Gen 8. We started, when we got back into the RC stuff, our first crawlers were all Red Cats. And originally, the funny thing is, is that I had originally thought about starting a business that was kind of like an RC track slash crawler course, indoor kind of thing out here in my local town. Uh, we, I got to the point where I, we had a name, we had a partner, we still have a partner, but times have changed. Uh, we had a partner and it was like, we were looking for locations and then everyone got strapped down at home. So we we're like, eh, probably not the best idea to start this right now. So <coughs> we ended up not doing it. And when I got into the hobby or the crawling part of it, we partnered with Red Cat um, as a business license. And so as a wholesaler, so I did a lot of Red Cat stuff back in the day. Um, but we've since kind of moved on from all our Red Cats, obviously, but we still have my daughter's Red Cat. It was kind of, it was when they had that little, uh, it wasn't quite a builder's kit, but it was like a, what was it called? I forgot what it was called. They didn't call it a builder's kit. It was like almost, it was a pre-assembled chassis, basically. Um, it was a nice little kit. I enjoyed it. And that was kind of like my daughter's first kit, I guess, or first like build that she did. And uh, it was good. She liked it a lot, but her interest has since changed. And so now it's kind of just been sitting there and we poached parts off of it, obviously. You know, we had a good servo in there and I think we poached the ESC for something else. I don't remember. Probably, I probably sold a car and I was needed a, a set of um, electronics, so I probably poached it that way. But talked to her the other day and she's like, I don't care what you do with it. She goes, I don't need it. So I think I'm just gonna kinda do my own build with it. And at one time it had the purple Jeep body on it and we called it the OM Jeep. And it was a fun little rig, looked really scale. Probably one of my best scale looking like rigs at the time. Um, great little piece. And then we changed it to the blazer body, the axial blazer body. Hopefully you can still hear me all right. Got to do a little bit of welding. There we go. But, so we switched it over to the axial and that was a, looked really nice. But we painted it purple and it's turned out to be like this light lavender purple, which really isn't my flavor. <laughs> so I am going to repaint it. And I was actually looking, cause one of my favorite bodies was the Federa Ascender K10 body. Um, and that was also one of my first custom builds that I really, really liked. And so I was looking for that body and I, I found one, it was like 60 bucks for the half cab. And I'm torn because I feel like, do I buy it just to keep it 
You see, here's the problem. Sometimes what happens is you buy the parts or you buy a kit and you do it just so you can be like, oh, I'm gonna build that someday or what have you. And then it never happens. Or you break it out into other parts and all that kind of stuff. So that we have problems with every now and then trying to, you know, mitigate those, those issues. But I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take that blazer body and make something useful out of that and go to town with that. I think that will be cool. So I posted something looking for those sticker sheets for the Axial Blazer because I gotta paint the exterior of the body now, which isn't ideal, but I could still make it work. So I'm gonna do that um, and kind of keep it, I guess I would say stock-ish. Um, probably a 1080 ESC and Holmes Hobbies eight turn and just make it into another trail truck, like a nice little trail truck. Um, I think that'll be a fun little rig to, to ride around and have a little option. Then we've got this other dead car that my daughter built my wife for Christmas one year. And it was, uh, I don't remember the model number, but it's the Charisma. It's like the CR1 or something. I don't know what it is. But that was another cool rig that she built, but we didn't really ever settle on a body. I 3D printed a body, but that was when I was just getting into 3D printing for the first time. And it came apparent to me, ooh, do I dare do this? And see how loud it is on the thing? Let's see how loud this is. Sorry, had to clean up some spots. But anyways, so she built this for her. Um, and I, I kind of helped her a little bit, but it was mostly all her doing. And my wife barely drove it. But she knew this going into it that my wife would barely drive it. So, but, so that's sitting there. And I 3D printed this Jeep Cherokee body, old school, I guess an XJ style. Actually, no, I take that back. It's a Wagoneer. I forgot about that. It's an old Wagoneer. So I have an old Wagoneer body for it. That's it. I need to build a grill for it and probably build an interior. But what I'm going to end up doing with that one is I'm going to build a quick little exo cage for it and have that be like a class one rig, I think. Um, nothing to comp with, just tiny tire. Um, that way I can trail that too. And then I have the ones that I've started to build that haven't really gone anywhere yet. And that's the kind of next iteration. So the problem is I started inventorying the other day to see kind of how many parts I need. And this is including some of the other rigs that I have that I wanna finish up. I need eight servos. So I need to figure out a way where I can get eight servos and not spend a ton of money. So I'm looking at these servos that are, they're Hexfly servos. And I think I might try those out um, for some of these rigs. So for instance, I need, oh, there goes my dog. Lucy, get over here. Come on. Uh, 
shop dog. Anyways, I need to figure out a way that I can get these servos and not break the bank and also a way that you know I can finish these rigs up so like some of the rigs that I have I have a, a Vanquish Phoenix kit that I'd really like to get fully servoed out so I can use all the dig function and all that kind of stuff I have a base camp kit that I'd like to also finish out so I can have, you know, I think that one has dig too. The Vanquish has dig and overdrive, so that needs, I already have a steering servo on that, so that, but that needs three servos total. Base camp needs two, a mini and a regular. So, and then I have a, one of the builds that I gotta do, and I gotta get it done before Halloween, is a top truck challenge build. And I have this IERC chassis that's sitting on my wall, and so I have and another 3D printed body that I never, I was gonna make it into a monster truck, and I ended up not doing that. So I gotta switch that out and hopefully I can make that into another cool crawler. We'll see. 46 and 7 eighths. Is this piece square? Pretty dang close. Nice. So, you know, the I think the, the, the question that I originally po you know, posed was, what keeps you from finishing your projects? And for me, I think it's just that I, I have project ADD where I have a good idea that I'm gonna build this project and then something else happens and I have to finish that project. So like for instance, I had some ideas for a couple of projects and then the SCX6 project came along and then Tony's project came along and I have super guilt of not finishing those before I move on to my own projects. So I feel like I gotta finish those first. But, and Tony's is really close. The SCX6, not so much, but I have a feeling once I start on it, it won't take long for me to kind of get in the groove on that. Loud noises, cover your ears. Got some slag on my steel table. Gotta take the slag off before I weld the next piece on. So, you know, I think I have some ADD when it comes to that. Um, I think that, you know, there's, there's some of that. There's the finance issue where it's always surprising. You know, you start getting into these kits and then all of a sudden, it just piles up and it gets super expensive really fast. Uh, perfect case in point is our little race cars. Oh, that's another car that I have. It's, I have a, that's another question. We'll post that one at the end of this. So, um, 
like for instance our race cars. I did some trade work to get our race cars and which is fine. I got a B63 and a T62. T62, yeah, I think. Whatever the last generation is. Um, got both of those and I was like, sweet, you know? Thought those were ready to go for race cars. Nope, ended up having to buy wheels and tires. Ended up having to buy transponders and serve or not servos, ESCs and motors and blah blah blah. And so what you thought you were getting on a good deal, which is still a good deal, but what you thought you were getting on a good deal ended up being, you know, an eight hundred dollar project, <laughs> and it kind of balloons out of control really quick. So those are always tough pills to swallow. Oh man, I'm running into some dimension issues here. But those are always tough pills to swallow. And I think that's the problem is that sometimes you start going down these build rabbit holes and things are looking good and things are, you know, you're, you're all hyped up about it. And then the reality sets in that this is gonna cost you way more than you thought it was. And so I think that happens a lot of the times. And then also that's just the time. Like uh, for me, hyper involved in my kids' lives. Um, so it's, you know, let's go to soccer practice. Let's go paint graffiti. Let's go blah, blah, blah. And then they throw work on it and all that kind of stuff. And there just isn't a lot of time. So I'm, ex you know, I think that's probably time and expenses are the big thing for me. And I'm sure that's for most people. But that's my next challenge. So hold me to it. Let's get these projects done and let's get on the road with them. Moving into the next thing that I was gonna talk, that got me thinking about this, the T62. So I originally cannibalized a short course, the 1063 or whatever it is, uh, short course truck, SE, SE6, I don't know what it is, but whatever the associated short course truck was, I cannibalized one and made it into a stadium truck because that's what I wanted to run. Well, I did a trade job and got a stadium truck out of it. So I had an extra one and there was a family that was at the diehard place and I offered to give them because they were just about to get into racing. Oh, there goes my mic. Hold on. Pulled out my earbud. Hold on. There it is. So they were just getting into racing. And I said, hey, I've got this extra one that I knew my son wasn't going to be ready to race stadium truck for a while because we were just getting into buggy. And I said, hey, you know, Next time you come down, I'll give you the chassis. It's a roller, basically. And that was at the very beginning of summer. And we have not seen them since. And we're at the track a lot. Obviously, you guys know this. So my question is, 
what's the burden of time that's appropriate to say, I'm just going to either keep it or give it to someone else. I'm kind of leaning towards the keep it. And then that way we have one for next year for Dalton and he can race that. Um, but you know, I could also give it, give it away to someone else <clears throat> uh, because it's a year away for him racing. But I, I really miss racing against him. I think that's so much fun. And so it'd be nice to get him into his own ride where we could race against each other. Um, I think that'd be really cool. So the question is, do I, I don't know if, is this a, is this a non-PC term Indian give? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a non-PC term or not, but it's a term from when I was a kid. So is it, is it past the time now that it's okay to keep it and build it up? Because I would build it up and have it be a second race car for him and for me. And then that way we can just uh, run that rig. So that's a question. We'll see. We'll see. I think uh, I'm leaning towards it's okay. I'm leaning towards it's okay with me to say you miss your shot in a nice way. Maybe I'll give him something else. I have an old wrestler that I could give them if they're interested in it. So with that, amigos, we're going to go on to, I feel like I droned on on this one, but we're going to go on to the next segment. I'm excited for this week. We got a lot of cool stuff. This was just a, I feel like I had stuff to talk about. So I'm just going to ramble on and talk, but the next segments will be much more structured. Stay tuned. Are you looking for something special for that special scale truck in your life? Head over to spec-rc.com and check out their one-of-a-kind, well, they're not one-of-a-kind, but they are very limited run, custom CNC wheels for crawlers. They have wheels for crawlers, um, wheels for the SCX6. Now he takes orders and he's got special uh, rings too. So put a ring on it with that, but he takes special orders um, you have to follow them on instagram and on facebook to see when the books are open but then that's when you can order these wheels and these wheels are gorgeous we just talked about them in the creative process uh, part and oh my gosh um, he made a set of wheels for me that were blue anodized with red i'm sorry red anodized with machined pieces and blue rings and they are gorgeous and we used them for a Captain Insano build a year or two ago. So these wheels are amazing. Ask anyone who's got them. They are like the jewelry on your rig. Go over there, check them out and uh, get a set ordered up for them. Welcome to the track, amigos. I am currently at a sunny Saturday at the track. I'm actually hiding out in the truck because it's 81 degrees out. 
and we are at a sunny uh, diehard RC turf race today. And it dawned on me that my son might have a chance at the points run. <laughs> so he's been pretty consistent, but we haven't done a whole lot of the big races, just more of the, the you know, during the week races. And he's got, he's been pretty consistent. So I don't know if how it counts and I, I don't know where to look. So I'm going to look it up, but he might be up there. He might be up on, you know, top five for the season which would be sweet um currently i think he's still um in q1 for after his or he's tq after his first two quals uh so mom doesn't show up a ton to the rc stuff she's involved with like the crawling and stuff like that but the racing stuff it's normally during the day and she it's long so it's kind of like watching a swim meet right so she doesn't see a ton of it but she does see it and i think he got a little nervous today because she showed up and he had just tq'd q1 and then went into q2 and i think he finished fourth uh he did really well it was a good race it just there it kind of turned into like a melee at the end though lots of crashes driving around got kind of tangled up in people so he was kind of battling but then uh traffic kind of took him out and he was part of the problem too so we've been talking about you can't just run in I think what happens is that his window of view closes when he's fast and he can't see in front of him and in novice some of the cars are clearly slower or aren't holding a line so what happens is he runs right into the back of them now I've been trying to tell him you know keep you know if you get into traffic I tell him pump the brake and then pass because you're going to be faster and you know no one's chasing you so it's just you know just drive drive around them or wait till they crash <clears throat> so he's got that to work on but he's getting he's getting close so i wanted to talk about a couple of th i'm going to hit two topics in this one one topic is going to be where do you give most of your time online and what do you hate spending rc money on now those can be one and the same. So it's interesting because I, I don't know. I remember back in the day when Netflix was first streaming, I felt like I watched all the Netflix movies because I'm a new movie junkie. And at the time, I think when I started streaming, I think I was predominantly working at home as a designer. And so I just would have movies on all day. And they were like one of the only streaming services for movies. So I would watch that and I felt like I got to the end of that and I was, you know, watching really bad B and C movies. And I kind of feel like I'm in the same boat. I, I'm like, I'm hungry for information. And I don't really know where to find it. Like I'm not, I am not a Facebook person. I do not like Facebook. It's clunky to me. It's inefficient. It just doesn't feel right. Forums, I feel like the UI of forums, like the interface of it, is tough also because I feel like they're, I don't know, it, it, it's, I feel like when you jump into a conversation on a forum and it gets like eight pages deep and you're searching for answers for eight pages and you read the same answer 20 times and maybe it's the wrong answer after you read the 31st one. So. Um, I haven't been on forums very much. 
Instagram is kind of a dying thing when it comes to finding information. And same with, uh, same with YouTube. I think YouTube is a very kind of like a remedial information thing. I don't think there's a lot of detailed stuff because it's not very conversational. Um, at least it gets conversational in the comments, but I think, you know, it's hard to kind of like, it'd be fun to have like, uh, I don't know, maybe one of those videos where maybe someone like Wally Bill and RC Amigos get together or like Ryan Styles Harris gets together and we talk about just learning the basics of setup, right? Like, because for me, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I asked the people here at the track and that's good, but I can't really make a video of me like, hey, let me put a camera in your face and as you tell me what to do. That doesn't really flow very well. And it's kind of like, you know, you need like a RC 101 for like racing and different brackets. Like for instance, like the conversation I want to start soon is, you know, I think I want to get into another, another class, but I'm not really sure which class. I'm very outclassed when it comes to stadium truck. Um, I 100% brought a knife to a gunfight. I'm running a 13.5 and it's a mod class. So um, there are way faster cars than I am. I finished, I raced today actually. Um, I'm still racing today so far. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm not competitive because of my driving or if I'm not competitive because of the motor or a combination of both. I kind of feel like a faster motor would not be great for me yet, um, but I feel like it would. It also might help me in certain ways because I can, you know, get the speed. Like for instance, we have a long straightaway on this track that we're racing on, and I'm just getting dragged the entire time. So, um, you know, having the, having somewhere for a conversation like that, I think would be fun. Um, but yeah, you know, it's hard because that's such a niche kind of topic and I think RC is so niche there's so many different like little detailed things that you can look at and research and do all that kind of thing and I think it's kind of hard to to have a good approach at you know where to find information and then you know so like the there's only a couple forums that I know of and maybe you guys can help me out and some of the comments are for the forums I know are like RC Crawler. Uh, I know Horizon has there. I forgot what they call it. And then that's pretty much all I know for forums. Uh, don't really know many aside from that. Uh, oh, Scale Builders Guild. Um, I used to be on there a lot, but uh, I'm not so much on there anymore. Uh, but I'm sure there's some kind of RC racing forum too. So I'll have to look at, look into that. So the next part of it is well, I guess that's the question. Where do you get most of your information? Do you get it on podcasts or do you find it on YouTube? Let me know because I'd like to help serve that information up if I can. Um, so the next question is, what do you hate spending RC money on? And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I just ordered some servos. So I need eight servos to complete the cars that I didn't want to complete. And eight servos is a lot of money, right? So that's, you know, if I was to get my reef servos, that's over a hundred bucks a servo. And it's just not realistic for those type of cars, right? Like I would love to run reefs in every single car I have, but when you're up in the double digits of cars and you're approaching, you know, 
my son was counting and I thought he said he, we were in like the 30s or 40s. <clears throat> that's hard, right? It's hard to get like the, the good stuff all the time. So that's one of the things I hate spending money on are servos. They're totally, and the hard, the hard pill to swallows are totally worth it, but I hate spending money on them, right? Um, ESCs, I think are, I, I think the reason is because it's hard to see like major gains. Unless you're a real like connoisseur of it, uh, it's hard to see major gains. Uh, but like with the, with the ESCs, you can see major gains. The motors, you can see major gains. But servos are tough. The other thing I hate spending money on are transponders. Like I wish I could buy like five transponders, but that's like 500 bucks right there, if not more. Um, don't like spending money on that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I don't like spending money on RC wise. Shocks, shocks is another one that I hate spending money on. Um, but you know, everything else, it's like, it's cosmetic. It really shows, it really makes a big difference. And you know, I think that kind of stuff the bang for your buck is there, but like shocks, you don't see them very much unless you're making something exposed. And if you are, the, the gains aren't super big either. So um, yeah, it's, it's always been a tough balance for me, I think, um, you know, what to spend my money on and how to spend it. So I actually got some Red Cat servos coming and I'm anxious to see how these work because they're pretty inexpensive and they have pretty good stats. Now, the problem is, is that some of those servos have a shelf life and they can only take so much abuse and all that kind of stuff. And like, I, the, the thing is, the, the nicest stuff that I got, it's worth the nice money, 100%. Like my reef servos are so solid, so, so solid. We beat the snot out of them and they keep on, keep on fighting back. So I can't complain about them. I just, you know, spending the dough when you got a lot to do is tough, but uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this fall coming up where I just, my wife stopped by and we were watching the, the race and we have, she told me, she goes, cause she knows how good he is, my son, but I didn't, I don't think she realized how like he's improving so much so fast. And some people were around saying some stuff as she was there and I told her, you know, I mentioned, I planted a seed that there's a race down in Portland. It'd be a trophy race. And I was like, hey, what do you think? And she kind of gave me the side eye and she goes, he's going to have to make some hard decisions soon. Meaning he's playing soccer right now. So would it be worth missing a soccer game and spending the weekend in Portland? Now my wife and daughter would love it because they would go shopping and, you know, we would do all that kind of stuff while my son and I are down there. Or maybe it would just be me and my son going down there. But, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you got to make those hard decisions. And I am I'm I struggle with it because I am all about um, I look at it as, you know, you join a team, you're, you're supposed to be committed to the team 100 percent. Well, when you're a two sport athlete, that gets really tricky, right, because you get pulled in different ways. And for him. You know, I think the team thing is really good for him. Really, really good for him. But he has so much individual success with RC and so much, uh, like, it builds his self-confidence so that he can excel in these team sports. I think those are things that are, you know, hard to put a value on. And the hard thing is if he doesn't do it, then he's only like, you know, on a team you're letting down 
you know, your team members. If you're doing it individually, are you letting yourself down if you don't go and you go to the team? I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough balance. That's a, that's a really tough one. Cause I know as a coach, when I had a kid that was a stud and it's, oh, and you know, it's most of the time it's the stud athletes that are like, you know, playing hockey while baseball season's going on or vice or whatever it is, you know, and it would always frustrate me. But at the same time, at a certain level with the, with the players, I was like, you know what, this is going to shape you more to do what you want and to play all the sports. So, you know, I would just make sure that they let me know way ahead of time so I could plan a defense or an offense around them. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's very important to have well-rounded athletes and kids. So it's a challenge. I'm not sure that's going to be a tough one coming up, but we'll see what happens and uh, I'm sure we'll make it happen. Until then, amigos, we're going to keep our triggers pinned. I think he has a shot at podium today. We'll see. I think I got to dial his car up. I'm going to bump his, his battery up a little bit. And I think he's got a shot. So cross your fingers. Me, on the other hand, I think I just want to uh, finish. So we'll see how that goes. I see a guy walking over to the track with a stadium truck. So I think I might have to check to see where we're at. Keep the trigger pinned, amigos. Then came the A-Main. So the A-Main, I think, well, I guess going back to the, to the, I think I talked about this already in the, uh, in the last one, but I think he was a little nervous too. But getting into the A-Main, I thought he had really good chances. So he was TQ, so he started pole, and he took off and he was flying. Uh, things were good. And then he got tied up with a car. Uh, I don't remember if it was traffic. I don't remember what happened, but he got tied up with a car and uh, it took a little, little, you know, it's like, it was kind of one of those sayings like that's racing, right? So the first tangle up, he, he got tied up a little bit and it took a little longer to get marshaled than I think it would have been nice to have. Uh, and then the marshal threw the car down and it rolled over on its top as soon as he threw it down so he had to pick it up twice and then the car went and then he was in the in the wolf pack right so everyone caught up to them and then he had to like get through all that kind of stuff and I think he crashed again like with traffic it was just it was pretty messy and then so he kept on running into traffic and part of you know it's like a 50 50 maybe uh maybe a 70 30 probably more of like a 70 30 80 20 issue where the traffic just was not experienced in race line stuff. And, you know, this is novice, so he's not experienced either. Uh, it could have been more 50-50 for some of the stuff. But, you know, or he'd run right into the back of another car. Uh, the hard thing is, that, you know, it, it, for people that race, it's for people that don't race. I remember, you know, when I used to talk to Jeff about this, it would be hard to under like understand what he was talking about about seeing the whole track or seeing in front of you kind of a thing um when you're just trying to stay between the pipes right so i think that that was his thing he was focusing on staying between the pipes and getting a good line and not seeing in front of him enough uh which is really hard you know that just comes with practice and this is the first time like first day running this course 
So he was, you know, he was having some some issues there. Uh, and then he was kind of, he wasn't pulling away. He was catching up. So he was, he was getting fast. And then he had a couple laps where he was like, he started to catch the leaders again because he dropped all the way down. I think he dropped to like, I don't remember what the race card said, but I think he dropped down to seventh and then he pulled all the way up to, he was in third battling for second. And then he came around a corner open in the clear and his car just stopped, like just stopped. And he, and, and so I don't think it thermal, I don't know what happened. I don't think it thermaled out. It was on the top end of the course. So then, uh, the marshal handed it to another marshal that was off track and he opened it up and did something. I don't know if the battery plug came on, like came loose or what, but he opened it up and it got back on. So he went around and he turned a lap and it was, it was like a 49 second lap. And the, the director called me to the booth and he's like, what's going on? And I just saw he had a 49 second lap, which is like, you know, he's generally like pushing the, the top, speeds and I told him yeah it was true he, he got pulled off and something happened to the car uh, well early on also he had a ball cup pop <laughs> so it was like a, he had it was like the perfect storm he had a ball cup he had that so a 49 second lap and then he kind of like zoned in right you could see it zoning in and he was just oh man I think if he had like one more minute he would have podiumed because he made it all the way back with a 49 second lap which the average i think his average was like 20 20 between 20 and 22. so with a 40 second lap he carved all the way back up and uh finished fourth and he was three seconds i think he was three seconds behind third place so he was like he was on the move which was awesome and you know and i told him you know, that, that race, it was tough. You know, it was like, that's racing kind of a thing, but there's nothing to be bummed out with that kind of a race. It's just, you know, bad situations. But the fact that he was able to like bring it all in and, and finish where he finished was a huge step, right? That's, that's, you know, I kept on yelling up at the stand. I was like, just stay calm, run your race. You know, it's okay. You know, that kind of stuff. And he did. He was just calm. He ran his race. He didn't have any, it didn't seem like any of the, the, you know, nerves got to him or, you know, when you crash out, you tend to drive a little faster to compensate, to catch up that kind of thing. And when you do by doing that, you end up running worse lines and you end up, you know, just making mistakes, that kind of thing. But he did really well. So he did, he did awesome. And that race, you know, that race was a good learning thing. Um, we'll see. We have another race potentially in a couple weeks and we'll see what happens with his soccer schedule. He, we really should go to this one because he's been, I don't know how many races we missed. I feel like we missed two races overall and, uh, they drop your two lowest positions. So and I think every other race that he's done, he's either been on podium or just off podium, like fourth. I think it was his lowest in the big races. So he's been pretty consistent. Um, so if the points race is true, the people that have beaten him are no longer in either. Either they were like adults that came 
and ran for the first time and then moved on to a different class or they're just people that were you know maybe experienced in dirt or something like that and came and tried running turf and won uh and then you know moved on or whatever so i think his consistency will get him pretty high up in the points chase i don't know if that means i don't know if they do multiple trophies for like you know first through third or if it's their first through fifth for points chase um, but the next race is the final race of the outdoor turf season so it's a trophy race so it'd be really cool to see if he could uh, you know get a good trophy so if that's the case I'm gonna see if the if the track is gonna change or if it's gonna stay I think it's gonna stay the same um, we'll try to get him some more track time we'll try to get him in there and and get a couple you know three days of good you know practice on the track get him comfortable for setting up all that kind of stuff so he can get out there um i guess one of the other big things that i got to figure out is batteries we are the batteries we've been using have been doing well for us we've been using some of and they're all out of stock on the ovonic website but we've been using the ovonic they're 100 c 5000 milliamp shorty packs they are when we got them they were super economical and now i think it i don't i mean part of me says the battery will make a big difference but part of me is like will it make that big of a difference so now i'm looking at getting some packs to you know uh get us over the hump kind of a thing because our packs are starting to puff <laughs> like the cases are splitting um and i don't want to put especially moving indoor i don't want to put those situations where the case might you know catch on fire indoor or anything like that i'd rather outdoor is one thing but indoor is kind of like i'd rather have the solid stuff so I'm going to look at the Reedy packs and uh, see if they have some in stock that we could get so we could start running those. I don't really know. Maybe you guys can drop a comment, but I don't really know. You know, do people run multiple packs or do they run one pack um, <clears throat> and just bump the pack every, you know, even though it doesn't get all the way low? It doesn't seem like that's really good battery maintenance to just, you know, if, if we get down to 78 or 7.6 on a qual and then throw it on the charger to bump it back up to 8.4 or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know if that's good or it seems like that's not great for the battery, but I'm hoping that the race battery chemistry is probably you know, designed for that. Um, but what's your take on the batteries? What, you know, <clears throat> what's your take on that? Is that something that uh, makes sense? Let me know in the comments. Keep that trigger pinned, amigos. We've got a couple more segments to go, and then we got a wrap. Are you looking to souse up your UDR? Head over to amalgamrc.com. He has some really awesome stuff for you, your, your UDR out there. He's got some windows, side panels. He's got the Ace House. 
He's got a roof rack for your, your LED lights on your UDR. You want to step up your UDR game and shred with the best, go check out their website. They got really, I mean, the, the craftsmanship that Emerson has at Amalgam is second to none. Super, super awesome. Very good attention to detail. Um, I've got some of his side panels for the UDR and I've got some of the side windows for it. And oh my gosh, that stuff, uh, it, it elevates it to your scale realism. It looks really good. He's got that ASOS, that stuff is rad. Uh, you know, my son is a nut for cleaning tires and just to keep your car looking sharp. Uh, the kit comes with a towel, a brush, and the spray. Definitely worth it. Go check them out, amalgamrc.com. Tell them Pablo sent you. Let's talk about EDC, Everyday Carry. Now, this is not an ad. I'm not selling wallets. I'm not selling anything like that. But previous, like the days leading up to our trip, I always get in trouble because I always carry my, I have a Leatherman tool. It's not a Leatherman, it's a SOG. Um, it's a multi-tool, but I use every tool on it, basically. it's. It's a smaller one. It's not one of those big, like, I don't have a holster for it. I just keep it in my pocket, but it's a good sized one. Probably when the blade's fixed, probably a three and a half inch fixed blade, whatever's legal. Um, but I always forget to take it off before I go into events and things like that, that screen for that. And going on this trip, I know that you can't carry one of those on the cruise ship. And so I took it out of my pocket and I said, okay, I'm just going to take, I have a micro Leatherman and I was going to take that on. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going out into Alaska without something, right? Just in case. So I took it out and didn't pack it, obviously. And I checked my little micro Leatherman so I wouldn't have any issues with it on the plane or anything like that. Um, and now I'm going crazy because I don't know where I put it. It's part of my everyday carry scenario. It's that. It's my absurdly large chapstick, my Duke Nukem or whatever, it's Duke Cannon. I don't know what it's called, but those two things are part of my everyday carry. And I'm like walking around with like not knowing where I'm at without having that. And it's driving me absolutely insane. And of course the house, you know, we haven't had a chance to like fully clean. That's the plan for today is to get to that cleaning mode before we can, you know, before the school starts. School starts in a couple days and uh, hopefully I find it then because I need a knife. I have backup knives, so that's not a big, big deal. But this one, you know, it's got my big pliers on it, wire cutters, knife, screwdriver, all that kind of stuff. The stuff that I'm like, when I'm up on a ladder and I need something that'll do something, that'll do the job. But I can't find it. And it is, oh man, I just, every day I'm like trying to find a new spot, for, you know, 
where it was or all that kind of thing. So what's your guys' everyday carry? What what drives you crazy if you don't have it? What makes you feel like uh, something's missing all day long? Um, you know, do you guys have protocol for that kind of thing? Like for me, I generally I put it on my bedside table every night. Uh, and that way when I change my work pants, it just goes into those work pants. Um, same with like my belt. My belt is, you know, my work pants are big, heavy Duluth trading work pants. So they get more than one wear. I don't know if that's gross or not, but I don't really care because I get dirty at the shop. Whether it's welding or working with wood and all that kind of stuff, it gets pretty dirty. Hopefully you know, me moving around a little bit doesn't make the audio terrible. I just noticed that because I listened to the last one. Um, so... I am trying to find that and track that down. I'm trying to find a better means to, you know, how to, I got to train my kid how to do stuff like that. I feel like kids always have that, that issue, you know, especially kids that play sports, you know, where are my shin guards? Where are my cleats? I bet you if I asked my kid that right now, he'd be like, I don't know. You'd have to run around the house looking for it. Um, you know, like your cell phone. There's been days where I've forgot my cell phone and I'm like, do I need to get it? Is it super necessary? Uh, for me, it is because it's the work line at my shop, too. So it's like, uh, I should probably have that on me. But at the end of the day, if I don't reply to a voicemail or to whatever, a text for eight hours, ten hours, I think it's okay. I think we get stuck into that loop where... This is kind of going down a different tangent, but I think that we get stuck in that loop where after, you know, if you don't respond to some. Okay, so trying this new thing where I'm recording on the computer, the audio sounds fantastic. However, it is killing me. It tells me I can record up to 30 minutes on my web browser, but it's cutting me off at five minutes. So... I'm going to continue this segment about the EDC, but then I'm going to not do it on the browser anymore until I figure this thing out. Um, I lost my train of thought on what we were talking about on the EDC. Uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, how we carry things religiously. Oh, I was it was going down. Okay, I got four minutes and 10 seconds left to talk about this. So hang in there. So we were talking about responding to people on text or on email and what's appropriate and what we used to think is appropriate. And sometimes now it's like, you know, sometimes I feel bad if I don't reply to someone within an hour, which is ridiculous. Like I'm a busy guy. And when it comes to work or Instagram or what have you, an hour can melt away like nothing. I mean, a, literally a blink in the eye. So what's your guys' uh, take on that? Like how long do you spend to, or how long do you think is appropriate to to recoil back and to speak to some, you know, to, to interact with someone? Um, I feel bad because like my Facebook, people send me Facebook messages and I'm not on Facebook peeps. And so I'm like, uh, sorry, I didn't see your message. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I don't Facebook. I don't look at my D my DMs or PMs or whatever they're called on Facebook. 
Instagram's another thing. I turned off all my notifications, which is funny. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. So I turned off all my notifications on my cell phone, but I still get them on my iPad. And I find myself checking my cell phone for notifications versus just not looking at it. So I think over the next week, I'm going to try a new setup where I'm like, okay, I'm only going to check my Instagram profile three times a day. I got, I don't know, maybe, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know. But I think what I want to do is I want to, I'm one of those habit people where I think if I set a timer that, that chimes off, kind of like taking a break, like I don't take breaks at work very often, but I feel like I'd be more efficient if I did. So maybe what I'll do is I'll set up my day schedule. I need to do this anyway, because I want to start doing uh, more. Um, and we'll talk about this on probably on another episode, maybe, but I want to do another type of podcast stuff where I'm actually recording myself working on the RC stuff, but poaching that audio for the podcast. Um, and so I'd be talking the entire time as I'm doing it. And I've done some tests with it to see, you know, kind of how, how the audio sounds and what it looks like, but then I could post that to YouTube. So I want to carve out an hour flat for that a day but that means I have to wake up and get there an extra hour to early so I could do that because I want to get off work a little earlier these days. So I'm going to try to do that. Um, but, you know, I want to set that schedule where it's like, okay, break time is here. Check your check your stuff. Break time is here. And another three hours, check your stuff. Break time's here. And another three hours, break or check your stuff. So now I'm down to 57 seconds before this part stops it's pretty frustrating um hopefully i can get one more segment in before the end of the day we'll see what happens uh, i'm waiting on a guest and uh hopefully we can do that because i want to post this tomorrow till the next segment amigos stay locked and loaded when you eat aluminum foil speaking of sheet metal head over to scalemetalsupplies.com to find all sorts of bend and brace projects for your tiny truck from the new fast dash hot seats shock boxes scale metal supplies has you covered when you check out use code TACOBOUTRC to get a 15% discount at checkout don't forget scalemetalsupplies.com Go check them out. They got all kinds of cool stuff there for your tiny truck building needs. Welcome to the Sombrero Spaceship, amigos. Put on your tin hats. Go down to your lead line basement. We're about to be teleported into a new dimension. One, that it is okay to investigate and question all the conspiracies without that black sedan showing up outside your house. Look over your shoulder one more time. It's time to get into it. I'm your host, the Chupacabra, Pablo Guerrero.
All right, amigos, here we are in your lead-lined basements. Get your tinfoil hats ready. We're on to the next conspiracy. I don't know if this one's a conspiracy, but I think it's more of a theory. And let me read what Wikipedia says. The Strauss-Howe generational theory, devised by William Strauss and Neil Howe, describes a theorized reoccurring generation cycle in American history and Western history. According to the theory, historical events are associated with reoccurring generational personas, i.e. archetypes. Each generational persona unleashes a new era called a turning, lasts around about 20 to 25 years in which a new social, political, and economical climate, uh, like a mood, exists. These are part of a larger cyclical saculum, a long human life, which usually spans between 80 and 100 years, although some secula have lasted longer. The theory states the crisis reoccurs in American history after every saculum, which is followed by the recovery, a high. During, during this recovery, institutions and communitarian values are strong, ultimately succeeding generational archetypes attack and weaken institutions in the name of autonomy and individualism, which eventually creates a tumultuous political environment that ripens conditions for another crisis. So this is the fourth turning, Strauss, uh, Strauss-Howe generational theory. Basically, it's a, a study of how history repeats itself, and there's proof. I sometimes wonder if this, uh, if this kind of turning theory is where the walking dead got there when the when the people turned into walkers they use the word they turned i don't know it seems kind of creepy history repeats itself about in 80 year blocks basically is what they're trying to say that's called this is called a saculum so think of it as like an 80 year to 100 year generation uh so it's not exactly 80 years but it's pretty close to a human lifetime within these blocks you have four turnings think of them like seasons uh generally like generations uh, think of summer spring fall winter throughout history we've had these 80-year blocks these blocks have been eerily similar to each other and we are at the end of one now so the first turning is like an upbeat era the second turning is an awakening or a passionate era the third turning is an unraveling like a downcasting time and the fourth turning that is the suck that's the upheaval and the crisis. So let's talk about our seculum. So our, our little 80 to 100 year block here. So the high, I'm gonna give you these like time frames. So the high was probably 1946 to 64. Uh, it was an even distribution of wealth, the birth of rock, uh, space race, muscle cars, bikinis, TV, everything was good and everything was looking up. It basically ended with World War II. So in 64, that's when the awakening started. That basic JFK's assassination was six, in 64, and the awakening turn is 64 to 84, let's say. During that time, MLK, civil rights, uh, women's lib, the first Macintosh came out. Movies were big and very higher thinking, existential. Think of Kubrick, Star, Star Wars, LSD, that kind of thing. So that was the second block of 20 to 25 years. Now let's think of the third block. That's the unraveling. That's when it kind of starts hitting the fan. That's 1984. 1984 was the election of Ronald Reagan. And this window is 84 to 08. 
Think of the stuff that happened in that time. The fall of uh, Soviet communism, the Berlin Wall came down, LA riots, OJ was chased for miles in the white Bronco, 9-11, the Gulf and the Afghanistan war. And a lot of the music sang about the decay and violence of America. Think of groups like Nirvana, NWA. So you're thinking like hardcore gangster rap, you're thinking of like, uh, you know, almost the emo rock and roll theme, the grunge theme. Um, and it ended in a financial crisis in 2008. So 2008 was the cap of the third time. And now we're in the suck. We're in that crisis mode. So we are, this, this kind of block here is 08 to what these guys think is 2030. So we're coming up, we're coming up on the last, the last big push. And so what happens in 08 financial crisis, what they are predicting and what their book really predicted was the financial crisis, political divide. Uh, they predicted a pandemic. Uh, they're saying a depression with up to 40 million jobless. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be dire, violent, deadly times with the end uh, ending in total war. So 80 years ago, we had our last fourth turn that ended with the Great Depression. 80 years before that was a civil war. 80 years before that, the Revolutionary War. The history block before ours ended in World War II, 1945, and began with the Civil War in 1865. Before that, it ended with the Civil War in 1861 and began with the Re Revolutionary War in 1781. Every 80 years or so, things have to get shaken up. We're at the end of our history block, uh, changing our world. So what's gonna happen next? We are in the last 10 or so years we must be ready for the hard rain, people have said. And there's actually a book about that. There's two books about this uh, fourth turn. The last one was uh, in 97, I'll get to that in a second. The book makes a case that our block will end in a climax that could result in American Civil War or World War III or a combination of both. So the video that I watched about that repeated this and said it'll end in American Civil War, World War III, or a combination of both. And that was written in 1997. And they had this window of time and look at all the stuff that's happening right now. The newest book in 97 predicted our current crisis. It predicted 9-11, government shutdowns, the debt ceiling debacle, Russian conflict, and the pandemic. Also economic distress, social distress, violence fueled by race and class, cultural distress, and the media spinning into a decay of censorship. Think about what you're seeing in the news today. Technology, or technological distress and tech oligarchy, think of AI, ecological distress, think of all the people complaining about climate change, political distress, I'm sure you know enough about what's going on in our political climate, and military distress, think about the military industrial complex all lead to the climax, the big one. The last seculum had a lot to show. So we have some things to look up to. And after this thing crashes, there's a, there's a silver lining. They freed slaves, gave us our independence, freed Europe, created an economy and tech that have immensely made our lives better. It's going to get worse before it gets better, amigos, but it will get better. And here to talk about it, I have Andre Campos from Scale Metal Supplies, a homie that 
has seen the world, seen the times. He's lived, yes, in that weird area they call California. I'm never going to live there. How's it going, Andre? <laughs> it's going good. <clears throat> so. Happy to be out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Aside from tiny cars, man, we got uh, possible world-ending things happening, right? Just soon. <laughs> so, so how many times... I know how many times I've heard stuff like this throughout my life. And so that's why I said, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, the, the theory seems to hold water, which is a little scary, but how many times in your life do you think you might have heard the world's ending or something catastrophic is going to happen based off I, of I just really remember the Y2J thing, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. You know, after 9-11, going through all that, just whatever happens, it <laughs> yeah. be another big giant war. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember a ton of, like, I remember Y2K. I remember there was another one with, uh, what was it, when the planets were aligning, all that kind of stuff. And then the, and then there was one where, and it would fell near and dear to my heart because my birthday's uh, December 21st. So it was December 21st, 2012, I think, was the end of the Mayan calendar. And they everyone thought the world was going to end then. And, I kind I mean, of vaguely remember that. I don't remember being that big but yes <clears throat> yeah so i mean they made a movie about it 2012 man <laughs> so, <laughs> so, with woody harrelson he was the crazy guy up on the mountain uh yeah so i mean you know we hear these things over and over again i'm a nerd where i super enjoy listening to this kind of stuff like i listen to it for entertainment but uh what do you think about all these uh these like past scenarios that they point out Oh, it's, holds... it's very interesting. It's like, well, obviously, something's coming. What is it? I don't know. Are we going to see it? Ah, damn it. Yes, we're going to see it. <laughs> right, right. You Our know, kids I, are going to deal with it. Well, dude, so, okay, so that's a per that's the point that made me kind of, like, stop, right? Because I just a weird, like, bullet points, like, oh, and the millennials are going to have to be the heroes, and it's like, no! Right, and, and they put... <laughs> and the kids are going to be the fixers. Right, right, and 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 in the books they have, they have the classes. So they were talking about the archetypes. So the archetypes are basically like boomers, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials. Yeah. And but they have they have it set up a little bit different than I think what people generally consider a Gen X or a boomer or whatnot. They say boomers end in like seventy four, I think it is somewhere around there, and Gen X which is my generation and I think yours starts yeah. in like 74 to like 80 or was it? Oh no, I'm, I'm in the millennial. I'm 87. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so then it's millennials and then it's Gen Z. So Gen Z is like the, and the millennials is a big, is a big swath. I thought, you know, and so what, when you talk about our kids have to deal with this, that's what kind of raised a flag for me because we are, theoretically seven years away from the end of this crisis right potentially from whatever it is yeah right and i'm looking at my son who is nine and i'm looking at seven years after nine and i'm like this puts him right at smack dab at the military aged male at that age right so i'm sitting here thinking what do i prepare this kid for i've had <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've I've had my neighbor tell me that he kind of seems like he's a because uh, he's a my neighbor's a, a military veteran. He goes, this kid's gonna be one of those 
he goes, he's going to be one of those spec op guys that comes out from the water with the knife in his mouth. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, pre- pre- you know, prepare him for that or not, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those crazier things. Uh, like there's so many similarities like this and then that. Yep. Yeah. Everything ever... keys up. What What is it going to be? Yeah. That being said, have you ever thought about prepping? Uh, I mean, not really in California. Here, we're probably going to get some sort of a bunker thingy in the back. Because we don't really have a basement. We have a split level. Oh, yeah. So yep. we just go down three steps. We're not, like, underground or anything. Sure. And we do have tornado warnings often. Sure. Yeah. I mean, some th- that's one of those things that I've thought about before. Because, like, we have a split level with no basement at all. It's just on, gr- on grade. It's- we have a slab on grade. But my shop is less than a mile away as a crow flies and there's a trail that goes to my shop and we've always joked my neighbor especially has he's he's hardcore he's like a i wouldn't call him a prepper but he's one of those guys that secretly has like ten thousand rounds stored somewhere kind of a yeah thing. right <laughs> and so he's like he's like okay here's the plan because i have a corner unit that has concrete on one wall and the other walls interior he goes if something comes down, we're meeting at your shop and we're barricading the windows and putting steel bars across the, the, the door. He goes, he goes, you can weld. We got a generator. We'll, we'll be fine. We've got welders, cutters, all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I've, I've lightly thought about prepping before. Uh, mainly, you know, the concerns that I have for prepping are not like, catastrophic war things it's infrastructure things you know like if yeah and we saw a little bit of that years ago when you know groceries were getting scarce they're scarce on the oh yeah right after max was off the formula it was like now you can't get it anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> people are selling it on ebay so they're buying yeah. you know all they have at the stores well yep yep and it's bizarre seeing little bits and pieces of that and wondering what that would be like large scale you know, I, I I don't know how much you follow the AI and the technology thing, but I think that's going to be one of the way that the battles are fought now are going to be with technology, maybe robot soldiers or drone planes that are AI enabled that the AI, which is scary because the AI will decipher what the targets are apparently. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Man. I don't know. That's a little maximum overdrive style. I don't know if you've watched that movie before. You ever see that one with the uh, when all the cars and machines go crazy and start killing everyone? No, it sounds like the next step past Christine. It is so maximum <laughs> overdrive for people that have not seen that. Look it up. It's a movie from the '80s, I think. It's the one that has a semi truck that has a big green goblin on the front of the semi truck, and and it, like one of the scenes I remember vividly was a kid going up to a store and a pop machine started pitching out pops at like 100 miles an hour killing people (laughs) (laughs) that was my upbringing andre that's what i I got i can see the trailer now (laughs) hey man i was ace ventura (laughs) that was my upbringing (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, i was a little bit i remember i at a young age i watched scarface and like those type of movies, Maximum Overdrive, you know, it's like, oof, it's a brutal. Scarring me for life. And when I was a kid, 
I legit had fears of nuclear war, I like Red Dawn stuff, because uh, I don't know. I mean, whenever the Berlin Wall came down, I think it was 87, somewhere around there. I don't know. But that's, the you know, it was the, the Soviet, you know, Russia, America thing was still a thing. So when I could remember, so it was, uh, it was, I don't think, I don't know how like realistic it was to have a nuclear war at that time but i remember i was scared of it so. oh yeah I've, I've heard from other people like your age like yeah we remember being scared of russia and all that other stuff yeah yeah man it's a it's a wild time and i'm i'm wondering what's going to happen now you know when they talk about world war three or civil you know that's the, the one that another like, civil war exactly it's like right? oh, it happened 80 years ago right and that's the one that to me and the revolutionary war was before that and to me with all this politics stuff going on you know it, it makes me wonder like i i i don't have a full horse in the race yet but i'm leaning one side right now and i've always been down the middle but i've always leaned kind of one side a little bit more a little mm-hmm. more conservative um but i'm you know i voted for obama's first term all that kind of stuff so it's uh so i've gone both ways i've gone uh I've gone both ways and I honestly think if something happened and they re-elected Biden I feel like there might be a civil war or something like that you know what I mean yeah I think, I think people would be like what the hell just happened you know it's uh it's like that the Fetterman guy and Dr. Oz that and I think that was Michigan I don't remember what state that was but Fetterman could barely talk and he's clearly has health issues and it's like to me, with all these people having, I mean, there's Republicans and Democrats right now having health issues in office. And I'm like, can we please, like, just let these people, like, <laughs> go, like, and, and not in a, I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean, like, they've done their time. Let's, like, shake their hand and ha- say, thank you for your service. Move on. You know what I mean? Like, it's scary what we have leading our country right now. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I feel like I'm doing all the talking, Andre. I gotta pull it out of you. Oh no, no, you're good. You're good. I'm listening to all of it. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Thinking about what you're gonna prepare the kid for. Right. Right. That's uh, and your kid's gonna be. So in the next seven years, you know, your kid's gonna be sixth grade somewhere around there. Uh, be like ten. What is that? Fourth grade. Yeah. Fifth grade, yeah. something like that. Yep. So yeah. So my son's nine. He's going into fourth grade right now. So yeah, he'll be fourth or fifth grade by the time all this stuff hits the fan. And uh, you know, Get that's the, as a parent, that's also one of those things where uh, you know it's hard to like not. I remember in the last few years when all this stuff was going on. Luckily, my kids were kind of. <clears throat> I don't know if I would say sheltered because I think that's a negative connotation, but I think they were not exposed to all the stuff going on as much as what was out there and i just recently had this conversation with my daughter who's 11 and she's like way ahead of the curve uh when it comes to you know adulting or whatever she asked me why it was so bad over the last couple years for the the sickness and i was like well you know we've had them before you know and i kind of went through and explained it to her like how it was but you know the kids like my son he wouldn't get it he would just be scared you know what i mean of all that kind of stuff so it's like ew. 
how do you prepare kids for that how do you uh how do you let them know i mean this this show has a lot of dad talk and a lot of family talk on there so it's like how do you how do you let people know you know everything's all right and i think i think that's the thing that i look forward to i'm a i'm a glass half we do it for the children and we're back back <laughs> sorry no it's... i guess i can't walk around oh i don't know what it... i i've been fighting the technology all day today i recorded a couple of sessions this morning i'm just gonna roll with it so we're gonna keep it rolling andre so for, okay for, for those in in earbud land yeah, it was priming priming up the hudson sprayer you know i was gonna go spray the weeds <laughs> but i guess <laughs> wi-fi is not strong enough so so real quick uh <laughs> What what kind of so are you a conspiracy kind of guy? Do you do you follow them or are you? Uh... Oh, I'd love to know all of them. I, yeah. I just finished watching uh, what is it? Inside Job, Netflix. That's oh good. yeah, yeah. I was that held my interest. <laughs> yeah. What what are some of the conspiracies that you just off the top of your head? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but like, what are some of the ones that you like? Um. Whoa, that was a hard. That was harder than I thought. Well, okay, so so like, let me throw a couple. I mean, there's just there's so many. It's like I try to know a little bit about whatever yeah. is going so, around. So I'll throw a couple out there. So like Sasquatch. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I mean that's yeah, that's a, that's a great conspiracy theory. I don't know what there is or if there is anything <laughs> to you know support it, but it's a great thing. How about there? Have <laughs> like the mountain trolls and stuff, and like you know Norway and Sweden or whatever. Yeah. And then like the satellite photos of the weird, you know, like tire rings and stuff. Right. It's like, why do these power lines go to nowhere? Right, oh, right. The mountain trolls live there. Well, and like the first one I sent you that we were going to talk about was the, the harp thing. I don't know if you saw anything about that, but that 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 was a tough. I was like, I don't know. I might have to take this one on by myself because it's a. It's a you have to go super deep to find anything about that one. Are you familiar with that? No. The harp one. So uh -uh. the harp. The reason why I wanted to talk about that one was because I was out in Alaska a couple weeks ago, and this harp thing is a I forgot what the acronym is, but essentially what it is is a huge flat field full of radio antennas, and they were yeah. trying to focus the radio transmission to amplify so they could talk to submarines is what the cover was but then they what? started talking yeah but then they started saying well turns out we can really pump a lot of ions into the it wasn't the atmosphere it was to one of the layers of the strata of the atmosphere like troposphere or whatever it was yeah and then that could uh i forgot what the to activate the aurora borealis or whatever it is yeah so they could do that and then they could actually make it so it could rain more or create weather pattern differences Ooh. all this kind of stuff and so they were saying that and then some people were saying that the frequencies were so high there that it was actually it could actually change people to do certain things like mind control and oh. I was like, oh, brother. Like, I was like, this is some cool stuff to talk about. But <laughs> it's like. No, I haven't heard about Harp. Yeah. So th th these are some of the ones like I like listening to all this stuff. And then sometimes I'm like, OK, I was trying to describe this on the last podcast that I think I know ones. I think I know what made the question about which one's my favorite one so hard is like, there's so many. It's like, I don't know which one's 
which ones are not fact and which ones are <laughs> yeah well and that's a thing you know you get like, so many me, in there well and that's you know i always say we all assign to some to, to some of them right like i'm not a conspiracy theorist but we all assign to some of them and that's the thing is is that that's you know i enjoy them i don't know there's no definitive answer on a lot of them uh, but i enjoy just the the uh, what's it called? The entertainment value of them. When I was uh, janitor with my grandpa, we would listen to George Norrie, Art Bell. Oh yeah. Late at night. Coast know, to coast. Yeah, coast to coast AM, <laughs> baby. We listened to all that stuff late at night while we're cleaning, and so, and we both had our own headset on, so we'd be able to like get back to the van. We'd split up, and then we'd get back to the van and talk about it, and put it back on in the in the van. So, uh, <laughs> good times, good times. But yeah, no, I mean, there's things like that. There's the so there's what are some other ones that are good? Obviously, Area 51, the one that's going to be next week. Oh, dude, I always get creeped out driving through the middle of nowhere and doing it I so know. frequently over the last year. You know, I'm just like, yeah, uh, keep an eye out, look for things in the sky. Dude, so when I was in college, we drove we drove from uh, Ellensburg, Washington, which is central Washington, all the way down to Tijuana, and we went through, we went the backside of the Cascades, so we went through Area 51, and mm -hmm. we were mashing down the highway there, they call it the extraterrestrial highway or whatever, we just wanted to get close. Mm -hmm. We were mashing down, and then all of a sudden, legit, like you know like you're in those like desert high desert areas and there's nothing around right you're just driving for miles yeah literally out of nowhere straight like perpendicular off to off the highway four white homies pop out off the <laughs> off the, the dirt and like jump out behind us and pass us in a you know in like that military line where they're like 62 yeah. miles an hour we're not stopping kind of a thing yeah and just go blasting by us and i'm like all right that was weird <laughs> like, i don't know what that was all about but you know out of the middle of nowhere but yeah no i mean there's things like that next week they're supposed to unveil a bunch of new government photos we'll see what yeah, happens they keep, there they keep changing what the files are called we're going to release this one after we move 70% into this new name I don't know. over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The other one that's interesting about that is the lunar landing and all, you know, the conspiracies on that. Now India just landed on the dark, you know, quote unquote, dark side of the moon. So India. Um, yeah. India, like two weeks ago, landed a, a module on the, on the dark side of the moon. Oh, not with people though. No, not people. No, no, no. But, uh, like a rover mm -hmm. so now they're they're saying what are they gonna find over there apparently there's some kind of alien base that people can't see so <laughs> we'll see what yeah some of it's weird it's like i don't know about this but this this could be i know right alien stuff oh and i mean the more you learn about like the dinosaur stuff because i've been going to the museum a lot with with the kid and it's yeah. like they were around a lot later than you think oh what was the new yeah. one too Oh man, I just watched what it was like ancient apocalypse, maybe. Oh yeah, and it's so like there's all this like stuff that they know is there, but they don't want to go <clears throat> digging into it to change yeah. the history books yeah. and the timelines and stuff. And it's like, what? Yep, yep. So Why like, wouldn't they want to? You know, yeah, like the Native maybe. Americans having like the Thunderbird. It's like, oh, maybe that was, you know, a pterodon. Yeah. <laughs> maybe no, they, they did exist. Yep, and they're saying that civilization 
advanced civilization could have been around before 10,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. And, and then fell. And, yep. And they're saying it's like the, the ancient apocalypse one is really cool. I watched that. I'm trying to get my wife to watch it because I my 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 little secret that no one really knows is that I was, uh, I think, two classes away from minoring in archaeology. <laughs> like it was just like I was just like a random I took an archaeology class once and I was like, hey, I like this. And so I started taking it on top of my other stuff at, at school. And I was like, it's always kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, and my wife's into it, too. And I'm like, you got to watch this ancient uh, apocalypse thing because they it's really cool how they have like the LIDAR scans of places in the Philippines of like yeah. huge temples that you can't see until you actually get the LIDAR stuff and the rainforest. Dude, people, there's like a, a stat out there, like, I think the, I forgot the stat, but like it's, like we've only researched like 3% of the ocean when it yeah. goes by volume. And people are saying we're pretty close to that same stat when it comes to the rainforest. Oh and yeah, it's just like there's so much different stuff. You can find a different species, you know, every single day for whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bugs or animals or reptiles. It was like so much stuff, so yeah. much different diversity. But anyway, yep. another one like that is Antarctica. They won't allow people to excavate in Antarctica for some reason. Really? And people people think there's pyramids in Antarctica under a mile of ice. That's so. I hadn't heard that one. That's interesting. Yep. See, now I you're seeing all my freak dollar. flag stuff flying, man. <laughs> man all that. See, there's, there's so much though. I don't know what I confuse, not confuse with. But, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. You always <laughs> throw it out there as facts. Always yeah. say all these things with confidence in mixed company and, and you know, <laughs> see who questions it. So now maybe what we should do over the winter, maybe that's what we should do. I know, I know that's the pro line by the fire theme. The back to RC people back to rc let's let's bring it full circle so i think that's the pro line by the fire thing uh, is like survival or whatever yeah i don't think uh, we're going i don't think either mr going no no but maybe we should do a, a survival build and uh survival build survival how yeah. that's the thing that's the thing maybe we talk maybe we do a, a post-apocalyptic survival build and we see what we can do i think that'd be a fun build man i think that'd be a blast both of us, we could just do like this Mad Max. Hey thing. man, I've got my Volvo, my Barbie Volvo from uh, Axial Fest here. I <laughs> am set. If you want to do, if you want to do a post-apocalyptic build, I have the what is this? Uh, the Volvo V70 Barbie. Nice, nice. Here. That could be that. <laughs> I was That's thinking awesome. Gambler, but you know, Gambler Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. One and the same. Why not? Yeah, no, man. I think that'd be fun. We should, uh, we should do that. So, we should talk about that moving forward because I think that would be a fun just over the winter kind of build off the side. I, I'm gonna try to get a lot of my builds done by Halloween, and so I'm gonna need a build from Halloween to the first of the year kind of a thing. Maybe it's a, we could do a, a nuclear winter build because you're gonna have snow. I'm going to have snow, hopefully, and uh, get some videos of this uh, post-apocalyptic truck out there. Be pretty wild. You still there, Andre? Hello. Hello, Indiana. Hello. There you are. <laughs> what the heck? 
Anyway, all right, yes, I was responding. Yeah, that's one of the other goals is I got to get my track cleared before it gets wintry. Like I got to <laughs> pull all the crap up and I need to get the ground pounder out. So when it's snowy, I can go run on it. And when it's not, I can go run on it. Yeah. I'm almost we done with this trail meter, man. This should be good. Steel. I did yeah. steel fenders up front. I saw that. I did Dude, like the 26 rad. gauge steel. It's super thin. Yeah, I saw that. It looked rad. I had never tried something weird like that exactly. I think I got the good. look. <laughs> yeah, it looked really good. So, no, I think that'll be cool. I know one of the things I want to do too for the winter time is uh, build a rally car like a four-wheel drive rally car i lost one in the move i had uh, a (laughs) vo1x whatever and i had a sweet paint job done by um, a guy named steve rc dead people and it was just it was epic i had it done right before the move and i have no idea where it went i don't think i gave it to my brother i might have given it back to the guy that i got it from because he was super into Tamiya and super into Rally. He got into Crawlers. We met uh-huh. when he first started. Uh, he was a good friend. But I think I might have given it back to him. I should call Paul. See how he's so doing. So when you guys did Rally, how did you do it? Was it like a dirt track or were you running? So we did point-to-point point Rally. It was basically like little stages. Um, but it was just like, I don't even know how to how to imagine it. Like, like, like gopher paths, basically. It, we okay. did it at Proline, and it was just like around these weird little tumble bushes. So you were sure. like left, right, sweeper, up, down, da, 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 da. Um, yeah. and I was the judge for it, so I had to run with everybody. So <laughs> I ran my race last, and I won because I liked nice. the sake. You saw everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was so much fun, it. dude. Uh, that one was cool, and then they did like another like big point to point. Which is a lot of fun. I know not everybody can do that. And the rally cross is hard to do because it's, you know, you got to get enough people to make it fun. So you need to have like, you know, five cars of heat. <laughs> How did you time it? Uh, I was running behind him with a stopwatch. Oh, wow. So, and that's, that's how we clear. kept the track clear is I was the only timer. So it was go, yeah. go, go, go. See, I want to try to figure out how to do that with my son. What I should do with him, he's a soccer player, so what I should He's going to kick him, your butt, man. I know. I know. He will. Mine's like three, and I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to keep up when you're 10? I'm going to keep up when you're six. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, what I should do is make him dribble a soccer ball as he's racing the rally course. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, here's my handicap. Like, man, it's it's weird, though. It's, it's fun. How you think about it and stuff, and like... Yeah. yeah, the more you do it, you start to like see it a little bit differently, and you're like reading the terrain, and you're like hitting gaps and stuff. Yeah, so I like that better than like the weird, super technical. Like in Europe, it's weird. It's like a spaghetti, you know. Yeah. It's so yeah. over the top and goes over itself and winds around, and that's too much. You, ever, you see that video where they have like a, a real soft fan belt or something, and they say this is how they make F1 courses, and they throw the fan belt on the ground, and it's like. However, it lands is the way that the course is. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's how have you, have that. you seen those Euro videos? Man, those look like ankle busters. And some no, of the courses are like very well put together. And it's like, if you step wrong, you're going to eat shit. Oh, Oops. yeah. Like they actually, it looks like they actually take a bucket, like a small, like uh, backhoe bucket, like a 12 inch bucket and like carve out the course and all that. It's right. Like, yeah. It's it, cool. It looks, yeah. I kind of want to do something. I want to try to do something in the back. I have a bit more room now than I used to have. 
But yeah. we'll start with the short course first. I've got like a mini short course thing set up for those. Uh, there you go. To me, a mini, the J JRX twos. Dude, so we were just out driving the DK10 today. That's a short wheelbase associated uh, short course. Mm -hmm. the, the one that looks like a, a extreme E vehicle. Uh, we were, I hadn't put that on 3S yet. I knew that the power plant is a monster on 3S, but I hadn't ran this on 3S yet. Dude, it is a beast. And it was, it's like a basher beast. It's so much fun on the concrete because you can get these huge power drifts going and like it's just it, it's it the body has so much roll is it two-wheel drive it, yeah it's two-wheel drive okay and the and the body has so much roll like there's no sway bar on it but the body has so <laughs> much roll it looks so cool when, when it's just plants and it turns uh but yeah it was wicked fast it doesn't like to stop <laughs> <clears throat> I, I was going, I was at my shop here. We have a long run. Dude, I know that so sound was, right at the end. I was like, <laughs> oh, dude. And then so, wham or thud if it hits your foot. <laughs> yeah, so I was running and then I'd hit the brakes. You hear the back tires the, lock up. <laughs> yeah, and on the concrete, like you could hear it, like, like you know, like do that chatter. Yeah. And then I ran out of concrete, went to the gravel, and it slid another 20 feet. And I was like, oh, man, that's brutal. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, it's a it's a fun rig to do that with. I yeah, don't know about the rally, rally thing is fun, but you got to have a system. You have to have a group. Yeah. You have to have at least like ten people to help set up something big. Yeah. And have it fun to do. Yep. Yep. Luckily, if you can find ten people that are into that, they're all gonna have you know. And I, good ten idea. cars they want to run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Besides the ones they want to race, they're gonna want to race. You know. The, the trail ones and two-wheel drive yep. if they do that. But they would do yep. that too. They would run like the weird um, the Peugeot thingy. They would run those. Kind of yeah. like a spec class where you had to run it all. They would do the holiday buggy. They would run oh, those yeah. kind of as a spec class. They're cheap. They're like, what, 125 or something like that? I know. That's the thing. Or all Tamiya the Tamiya buggy. stuff is like... Yeah, They're way into Tamiya. And I mean, it, Tamiya makes a lot of rally stuff. Well, let the me rephrase. Tamiya yeah. makes a lot of rally bodies. Yeah, the thing that that's a bummer, the only bummer about the Tamiya stuff is that there's like it's hard to get upgrade stuff for the but at, but at the same it, point it's pretty really tough cool. it's weird it's a weird thing it's like you want to make it better but it's like it's surprisingly pretty good yeah and the thing too is that you hate I the phillips like screws that, you really those jis screws oh. i know i know the thing that's super cool about it though is that then everyone's in the same spec you know what I mean? So then it does come down to driver if you do that kind of stuff. So yeah. I like that. I've been thinking about with the, because uh, we got the Apex, the Datsun 620. I feel like I'm plugging Associated right now, but that's the stuff that we've gotten lately. But that, that Datsun truck, mm -hmm. I kind of want to get another body and paint it up to look like a rally truck and, and put some rally blocks on it and make that into the rally, because that's all wheel drive. And that thing plants, dude. It is so cool. So I'm thinking about getting some some shocks for it because they have the better factory team shocks, getting a body for it, and making it a total rally monster. Man, that was so um, much fun. Taking that makes me think about doing the rally cross with, with the wife. That was We did that for a couple of years before our son was born. <laughs> uh -huh. Yep. Yep, very fun. So, so what's new before I let you go? What's new in the scale metal supply world or what's coming out that you can talk about? Uh, 
I mean, there's always new stuff, but just more, <laughs> more specific. I don't think you stuff. get enough credit. I don't think you get enough credit for all the new stuff coming out, man. You you are very good as a business and to continually push out stuff. You know, it's funny. Like that's one of the things that I think people always harped about with like Axial and Associated and all and Traxxas is that that people you know that the those people never listen to the actual hobbyists. And they're just putting out things for market, but you seem to listen to the actual people out there and kind of fill the needs of what they're looking for, which is awesome. It's a good job. Well, sometimes our needs overlap, and I'm making what I need. <laughs> right, right. I know. Well, that's what's fun about it is that you, I mean, you're doing what you like, and it shows. So, so what do you got? What do you got that's coming out? Uh, there's going to be some more like the seats and the fast dash. Um, there's going to be some more kind of like accessory items kind of fill space kind of more scale things mm -hmm. that uh, i feel we are lacking hmm. but uh that and hopefully some templates hopefully uh we can know, we right? can get you to crank out a couple of templates I mean, here i know i have a feeling things are gonna things are gonna get better for me in the next couple of weeks now that the kids are gonna be back in school Nice. that we can start cranking out those templates again and doing that kind of thing because i've got the yeah the this plug i've been working on should be pretty cool It'd be oh, pretty yes. easy for people too. I I like that. I like that. The the straight no bend deal. That's uh that's pretty rad, man. That's uh definitely a good entry point, you know? Like and and like what I was saying is that I'm I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks I'm going to be making more I you know, I put air quotes how to videos, but I'm going to start doing more MIG welding stuff versus just TIG welding because I don't think everyone has a TIG welder. Yeah, but so a clean. lot of people you told more. me and I fought it. You were like, you once you get TIG welding, you're never gonna want to do anything else. I'm like, ah, he's wrong. You were I right. Know. I know, right? It's so tight, so clean, it's so precision. Oh, it's great. But the reality is I would say we're in the probably top fifteen percent of hobbyists that have a TIG welder. Most hobbyists have a MIG, so yes, I'm gonna be showing more MIG stuff. But brazing is so much cleaner than the MIG. The MIG, it, MIG will work. It's fine. It's just yeah. you know when you want that really clean finish. I hate brazing. I hate brazing. <laughs> but it flows very nice. It takes so long. It takes so long. Like I, I feel like if I MIG, I feel like I'm pretty quick when it comes to TIG welding. A uh, something together but like MIG wise like for instance that straight that straight uh, buggy that you're making like yeah. if all that I would challenge myself to build that and how long do you think that would take to build uh, if you with, get all the pieces cut out with a with a TIG yeah uh, I don't know a couple hours maybe if you if, if the design's already done and you just got to cut pieces and stick them together probably a couple hours and that would just be tacked together. You're going to have to go back over and full weld everything. Right. Right, right, right. See, I feel like I could build it soup to nuts with a MIG welder probably in three hours. What do you think? Yeah. If you if you knew everything that was cut. Yeah. Like... And hopefully the hood and the boat sides. I don't know if I want to do a roof. I mean, I could offer a roof. I think they look better without a roof, personally. Sure. Well, it's a rock buggy. I mean, come on. I mean, in, you know, I don't want to say real life, but, you know, <laughs> yes, in real life. 
You want to be in some shade? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I suppose so. So that's why I'm torn. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do a roof because it looks cool. And the interior yeah. looks good. That's what I'm struggling to find. I doubt you even look at these, but maybe. You know, you do some detailed builds. Uh, finding the right size steering wheel, man. There's only uh, one yeah. that I like out of the axial thing, so... Yeah, um, luckily, no, I was no, able to use a gigantic one on a bug build, and I used another weird, goofy one <laughs> on a Chevy yeah, build, and I used the tiny one in the rock buggies. I know. Well, that's what I was going to say. They're all, like, gigantic for some reason. Like, I feel like they're all, like, an inch and a quarter. Like, just massive steering wheels would be, like, an 18-inch steering wheel. <laughs> like, they seem huge. You I remember mean, driving like, the bugger? I'm sure you remember it. Your knuckles, like, grazed the windshield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I got when I had my bug, I had a, a tiny steering wheel on mine. Well, I put a tiny steering wheel on mine, but when I when I got mine, it still had it. Oh yeah. It had yep, the Wolfsburg, yep. you know, on the horn, and then. Oh yeah. Yep. I broke That's a windshield funny. once because I had my club on there, and I went to turn the front tire with the club on. <laughs> Wham! That's funny. Oh man, I need to get my old truck running again. Oh, the only thing that's holding it back right now is I have a blown freeze plug. I need to pop one back in, and I haven't driven it all summer. I lost the summer with my truck. Killing me. Oh, because you didn't have me. time to fix it? I didn't have time to fix it. Because I have to I have to unbolt the motor and lift it. It's the freeze plug underneath the motor mount. Ah. So I'm like, dang it. And then I'm like, well, does that mean I should just put a new motor in it? <laughs> it's out. I mean, it's a sign. Yeah, I know, right? Out. And then I could use that motor to build a little rock buggy. There you go. That would be fun. Heck yeah, that would be fun. Oh my goodness, that would be awesome. The kid might be into it. Who knows? I thought about it. You could coach him from there it. too. You guys could wear helmets and headsets. I know. <laughs> I thought about it. A little two seater. That'd be rad. Something that would fit in my little cargo trailer. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. That's another That's rabbit hole. Don't go looking up tiny. Tiny buggy parts. It's another rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the was it the Fabin 101 or whatever. The no, just like looking up axles and stuff. Oh, like Suzuki stuff. Just trying to find weird little stuff. Exactly. I mean, you could use yeah. the good stuff, but trying to find, you know. Yeah. The the, the Fabin 101. He's the guy out of Arizona. I think he makes the rock lizards. Uh, the Fabin 801. He's out of Utah. Or George, George something. Yeah, he has a mini rock lizard. Oh my goodness, that thing looks so rad. A little two-seater. But you have to find the Suzuki four-wheel drive setup. And I'm like, just, oof. Just a drivetrain. Like a yeah, little Honda motor or something, you know? Something that will never die. Uh, oh, didn't so yeah. The motor out of Toyota my four-banger or something. Yeah, the motor out of my truck, though, is... Uh, a built 307. Oh, that's a I lot know. of motor for that. <laughs> I know it is, but that would be awesome. That would be, I mean, come on, right? Big headers coming out of it. Yeah. Yes. That'd be the balls right there. That'd be sick. Fuel injected. I mean, I like carbureted stuff, but getting all fuel injected. We're getting off topic, Andre. This is supposed to be about uh, this is a little bit green, man. I know. <laughs> supposed to be about the lizard, lizard people in Hollywood. Lizard people. Oh, that's another good Talking one. about the blue bloods. Yep, that's another good one. Lizard people. Oh, have you seen the Pentabrinth yet? Uh-uh. Oh, buddy, if you get yourself some time. You uh Pentabrinth. you'll you'll it'll take you back to a time when uh 
when when Mike Myers was was on the silver screen, he's everybody <laughs> in this too. <laughs> it's still pretty good. It's very goofy, but it's all That's about a- uh, another conspiracy thing. And they're Canadian. Oh, you should tell oh. Jeff about it. <laughs> oh yeah, Canadian conspiracies. Those are the best. <laughs> no, it's about a Canadian reporter. Anyway, I don't want to give anything away. But yes, right. it's it's you know it a terrible terrible movie to watch and kill some time. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll put it up in the shop while I'm working. It'll be fabulous. All right, Andre, where do we find you? Uh, ScaleMetalSupplies.com and then Scale Metal Supplies uh, on Instagram. If you guys have any questions or looking for the parts and tools and tips you need, we got them all on the website. Is there a place just for the tip? There is, yes. There's a uh, <laughs> tips and tricks. Actually, you know what? I think I changed it to the videos section. So it's got a bunch of your uh, Weld Wednesday videos. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are coming back. Oh, those good. Those are coming back. Good. Yeah. So now that it's uh, kids are in the school, I'll be able to get those going again. So that'll be fun. Nice. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and getting all freaked out about the world ending. It'll be sure. It'll be here. Don't yeah, it'll be here. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry, though. There's there's a brighter side to it. So <laughs> There's a brighter side. Evolution. All right, man. So when I hit end on this, you're gone forever. All righty. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Thanks for coming on. All right, amigos, get back in your lead line basements. Adios. Do you have tiny hands? Do you insist on working on small things? Head over to ccxrc.com to get all your 124 scale needs. If you want to make your 124 scale weigh as much as your 10 scale, he's got you covered. They also have electronics too. Try the Mighty Chihuahua or the Baby Goliath and make your 124 scale a Mighty Mouse. Use code RCAMIGOS at checkout for a 5% discount and keep listening for specials. CCXRC.com and don't forget to tell them in the messages that you're going to shoot them in the Baby Maker with a BB gun. Tell them Pablo sent you. Well, amigos, it's time to close a chapter. It is now September, and I'm officially declaring that summer's over. We've got one more race for outdoor racing, and then they move to indoor in October, and uh, I'm pretty sure summer's over. It's currently raining right now. The end is near. I woke up at Oh dark 30 which normally isn't oh dark 30 and I was like what's going on six o'clock and it's dark out and it's getting dark now at like the sun's starting to go down around seven o'clock now 6 37 o'clock so it's now dark at 8 versus 9 45 or whatever and I'm declaring summer's over but I'm happy for what's coming up I think that summer has been a very busy time. We've had a lot of cool stuff going on, but I see a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. And I hope you guys stick with us through this. So we're gonna be, now that the kids are back in school, it kind of opens up a little bit more 
for RC time, I'm going to restructure my, my times around a little bit. Normally I would go and try to work on RC after they went to bed. I think I'm going to try to go to bed when they go to bed and wake up extra early and have some time at the shop for RC. Um, I've got some projects that I'm wrapping up and as soon as those are done for work wise, I'll have more time freed up for RC. So I'm excited for that. Um, I hope you guys are too. I don't know what's next for you guys. Uh, I think we're going to be transitioning into crawling more. Uh, it's that time of year where we can crawl more. I'm going to focus on trying to get on the trails a little bit more uh, nearby and just kind of cycle through the RCs that we got. Uh, this week we drove a lot of fun stuff today. This week we drove race cars. So we had the buggy out. Uh, we had my son's uh, associated two-wheel drive buggy 13 or uh, 21.5. I was racing the T62 13.5 in a mod class. It was fun. I needed to get out there and race. Didn't break anything. Just had a blast. Um, what else did we drive? We drove the Reflex 14R, the Mini Huna truck. We drove the DK10. We put that on 3S, and that is an animal on 3S. So much fun to drive. Uh, what else did we drive? I'm trying to think of if we drove anything else. I know I tried to crawl. I don't remember if I crawled last week or this week. I don't remember. But I'm anxious to start building and driving crawlers again. I got to put together some, we have some finishing touches on our LMTs to put back together. I think there's a race coming up sometime soon also. Uh, we'd like to get out there and do that. But yeah, guys, it's time. It's time to kind of start shifting our focus, uh, shifting our focus to the nice trails, getting out there in the elements as the leaves are falling. I hope you guys like this time of year. This time of year is a good, fun transition time for me. I enjoy it. I love the holiday season. I know it's early to talk about that, but I love the holiday season and I love what that brings. I love the community. I love the you know, warm times watching TV. I love getting out in the elements at that time. Uh, I'm excited for that. So I hope you guys are, like I said, come with us. Uh, if you enjoy this, uh, share it up. Let other people know. I'm trying to get more people on there. Check out the uh, YouTube. We got a lot of videos last week on YouTube. I think I posted five videos on YouTube last week. Uh, Instagram, still, still going on Instagram. Uh, check those out. Drop me a comment. Maybe I'll drop a comment about the, maybe I'll leave an open comment about the podcast on Instagram so you guys can go and talk. But I hope you guys have a great week. Let me know if there's any topics you'd like to talk about. I'd be more than happy to talk about them. Let me know if there's a specific guest that you'd like to hear from. I'd be more than happy to invite them on. Um, and, you know, go out there and see what's new in RC. Go try something new. Go try something, uh, you know, if you have not raced before, find a race that has a rental program. Uh, go out there and try that. Try crawling. If you guys haven't crawled and you're listening to this, I say go and try it. It's a lot of fun. Bashing's a ton of fun. We're kind of, I think we're easing our way into bashing a little bit. Uh, oh, that was, I think that was the other car we drove. We drove the, the Apex 2 uh, Datsun 620. That was a lot of fun, drifting that around. But, you know, if you're getting into bashing, get into bashing, try it out. 
if you need recommendations, hit us up. Uh, we'll be able to help you out with some, you know, across the board recommendations. Uh, make some friends, reach out, DM someone, you know, comment on their posts, uh, do all that kind of good stuff. Let's, let's help each other out in the next couple weeks coming on. Uh, people are going to be, I have a feeling, my prediction is the interwebs are going to get kind of dull for a little bit. Uh, I would say for the next two to three weeks because of transition time into school and all that kind of thing. And then it's going to pick back up again. So I hope you guys all have a great school year that are going back to school. If you got any teachers listening, I hope you guys have a great class. Um, and until next time, amigos, we love you. We're grateful for all the listeners. I'm going to start calling you guys my tens, my tens of listeners. Until we break the 100 per episode, you're going to be the tens. So if you guys know who Luke Burbank is, he used to have a podcast called Too Beautiful to Live way back in the day. He called all his people the tens. You're my tens of RCs. It works good. It's the RC tens. Oh, got it. You are my RC tens. Until next time, amigos, we'll talk to you then. Welcome to Bizarro Land, amigos. It is a new time. So, <laughs> there it goes again. Starting with the so. Uh, today's first day of school. Summer's over. And we're on to new chapters. Bizarro Land. I feel older today. have a job that I'm delivering for some high-profile clients down in Bellevue, Washington, and finished my project last night. I knew I had time to wake up early, not really early, but to get to the shop around 7, get loaded up and have plenty of time, but I knew today was the first day of school. My wife started working at the school full-time this year. Uh, we go to a little private school. That's awesome. And so the kids, we have some changes happen. So the kids will be there early before school, about 45 minutes early. And then they have to stay about an hour late. And I'm going to try to change things up a little bit so that I can pick them up right after school and we could go do stuff or whatever we got to do homework. That way they don't have to be at school for an extra hour. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. So my goal is to start work at six. So for those who might not know, I own my own gig and uh, just me used to be me and my wife. We used to have some interns years ago, but for the most part, it's just me. And I don't know if it's recording or what's going on here. 